Hello, and thanks so much for watching another edition of Face the Facts with April Moss. I'm so glad you're here today. I'd like to thank my sponsor, MyPillow.com, for providing excellent Made in America products that I love, my entire family uses, and our most favorite sheet set are the Giza Dream Sheets. So check out MyPillow.com today. Use my promo code APRIL at the checkout, and you'll get up to 66% off or more on all of the products within the store. Thanks again for supporting not only my work, but also a great patriot, Mike Lindell. I'd also like to thank my sponsor, Holy Hydrogen, for providing an at-home molecular hydrogen therapy system where you and your entire family can use to heal your body from the inside out. Go to holyhydrogen.com today. Use my promo code APRIL at the checkout. You'll receive up to $100 off of an at-home molecular hydrogen system. And don't forget to click on the research tab and take a look at all of the scientific studies that have been done in Japan on how molecular hydrogen heals your body. Now let's get right into today's show. Recently, I had the honor of sitting down with a very brave woman from Florida. Her name is Brittany Galvin. She's a mother and a businesswoman, and she received two doses of a Moderna experimental gene therapy shot. Brittany is going to share with us today about what life has been like for her since that point and how you can protect yourself. We're going to get right into our interview, which took place just a few days ago. And now let's get right into meeting Brittany Galvin. Hello, and thanks so much for watching another episode of Face the Facts. I'm your host, April Moss. Today, I'm sitting down with Brittany Galvin, who's been injured by the Moderna vaccine. And Brittany, thank you so much for being here today to share your story with Real America's Voice and our audience. Um, tell me, where are you from? And how long ago have you been dealing with the side effects and the adverse reactions of your vaccination? Well, thank you for having me, April. I'm from Tampa, Florida and born and raised, um, 36 years old, a mother of three, and I was injured by the Moderna vaccine in, well, technically March and in May, both shots. I had the first one in March, second one in May. And Brittany, prior, you know, you and I have been talking for a yeah. long time, I think close to six months now, and prior to you getting vaccinated, you were not anti-vax. You were very much excited to go ahead and uh, get the vaccine. You really didn't think that there was going to be any issues, any health issues for you. And since, of course, you have been injured, you've come close to death multiple times. Uh, yep. You were hospitalized a number of times. Can you give everybody just um, an example of what happened after you got your second Moderna vaccine? About two weeks after, um, I think it was actually 13 days after my second vaccine, I woke up at 8.17 in the morning. I still can picture it and feel the warmth on my skin of the blankets. I remember everything. And um, I all of a sudden couldn't feel my legs. And my head was just pounding in pain. My chest was in pain. I was getting really shallow breath. I had to turn my body over multiple times thinking I was just laying incorrectly. Um, I remember telling my husband, like, there's something really wrong with me. And he said, you know, just try to take a shower. I tried to take a shower, and the shower is only about 10 feet from my bed. Maybe, you know, we have a small bedroom. And I couldn't stand in the shower. My legs were going out, like, numb. So I ended up, 
you know, kind of making it back the way back to my bed. And at that time, my husband had to leave to take my daughter somewhere, so I knew I was going to be alone. I grabbed my phone and I headed downstairs and called 911. And now, when you called 911, um, I believe it was, remember, you and I were talking, you were scared. You didn't even know if you were going to make it all the way down the stairs safely. No, I don't know how I made it down the stairs. Oh. Um, I woke up on the bathroom floor with the phone in my hand. So I crawled down the stairs because I could barely feel my legs. And I made it to the bathroom. Somehow I let my German Shepherd outside because I knew in my head that the paramedics weren't going to come in if I had a big, large dog in there. Um, the things that were going through my head, I, you know, I kind of think it's the motherhood in me, but mm -hmm. I was like preparing and I have no idea how it even happened because by the time that the paramedics got there, my hands were above my head. They were uncontrollable. Even the paramedics couldn't put them down. My legs were curled in and I couldn't feel anything in my body. Um, I, was, I was fainting again. I was going in and out. I thought I was having a seizure or a stroke. Mm -hmm. So since this happened and you spent a considerable amount of time in the hospital, I'd like for you to walk through with our audience um, just how the hospital treated you because this is something that is really starting to come to greater awareness across the country of how people are being treated within the hospital systems. And um, tell us about your experience just briefly, you know, about what happened, what kind of care you were receiving. I had a total of four hospital stays by the time, you know, from the very beginning, the first 911 call to the fourth, the end of the fourth hospital stay, it was a total of 18 days that I stayed inpatient in the hospital. Um, the very first ride, they took me to a detox hospital thinking that I was on drugs. Um, wow. I didn't find that out until later, but they gave me no attention. They talked down to me. Um, you know, I told them my husband was a police officer and that I don't do drugs and mm -hmm. it didn't seem to matter to them that, you know, my history, they actually had a neurologist who was a robot come and see me. That's the attention they gave me at that time. The neurologist, thank God, said to me um, and said to them, I think she's had a stroke or a seizure. We need to transfer her to another hospital. By the time I got to the second hospital, they just ran a couple MRIs and slapped anxiety on my on my chart and sent me home after two days. Um, so so after being there for two days, they rule out and say, oh, nothing's wrong with you and this must have just been anxiety? Yes, which I found out later, they pretty much tell everybody who's vaccine injured that they just have anxiety. Um, it's interesting though, because the doctors during, at every hospital I had been to, the doctors each told me, you're so calm for what you're going through yet they were slapping anxiety on my chart. Um, the third hospital stay, it was a couple days after the second, I went home and it happened again. And it was like just getting worse each time. So I went back to the hospital and I told them, there's something really wrong with me. You have to figure out what's wrong with me. I think at this point, I'm, I think it was the vaccine. I don't know what else it could be. Um, the nurses agreed with me. The nurses all were telling me, we, we've seen this, we're seeing it. You're not the first patient here. But the doctors were ignoring me, telling me it wasn't possible, telling me maybe it was my, you know, pre-existing autoimmune flaring up, whatever it may be, um, that I had anxiety, that I needed to see a psychologist. I went through all the, the arrangement of things it could be, but they were never ultimately saying that this could be vaccine injured. I was lucky enough that I got a nurse practitioner who believed me on the third stay, and he said, I think you might have Guillain-Barre, and that was the first time that I heard that terminology and 
he did admit me to the hospital where they did a spinal tap and a bunch of tests. Mm -hmm. And that was um, the start of me actually getting recognized, but it was definitely not the start of how bad they were treating me. It, it only got worse. Now, Brittany, originally you got vaccinated because your work was um, putting a mandate down throughout the entire corporation, correct? I wouldn't say mandate. I would mm -hmm. say um, that they, they said we had to get it to get back to work. So it's technically a mandate without the paperwork of a mandate. Mm -hmm. But you certainly felt that pressure of, okay, I need to do this because we, we have to be getting back to work so I can provide for my family. And, Absolutely. Right, get, the, get the economy go you know, back up and running. I was on a stay-at-home mm -hmm. order. I signed a legal document stating I wasn't allowed to go into offices or see clients or get back to work, um, any of it, unless I was vaccinated. So even though it was not technically mandated, I had no other choice and quite frankly I didn't think that it would hurt me like it did mm -hmm. I, I didn't believe that anything could hurt me like that that I'm being told to get by not only medical professionals but my employer you know mm -hmm. by people I looked up to people I trusted I lived my entire life trusting mm -hmm. these people with my health care why would they hurt me now mm -hmm. I had no I had no idea that it could do what it did to me so Brittany since you've had this unfortunate experience, it has opened the door to allowing you to impact so many thousands, tens of thousands of people. Just on your Instagram account alone, you have close to 50,000 followers and you had up to 80,000 before you mm -hmm. were censored and completely removed. So um, through what you've been able to show people about your personal experiences, you really came to, I think, fame in this way when you started placing the, the forks on your yeah. arm and you were just, you were laughing at that point. You really hadn't experienced like the seizures or the strokes types of um, things that, you know, later happened after your second vaccine. But um, what would you say, you know, to these people that they're, they're coming to you for information and you've now developed this community of people who all share these shared experiences, unfortunately. What do you say to them um, or, or anyone that's watching your story right now? That you're not alone, mm -hmm. that you know you are believable and you are believed. Maybe not the person standing in front of you, but you, know, you have to believe in yourself and know that you're not crazy mm -hmm. and that um, there is help out there and there are people willing to listen to you and help get you through, but I've, I've learned through this entire process that if I don't believe that I can get better, and if I don't believe that there is somebody who believes me, then I won't be able to move forward. And it was really tough in that hospital. I was alone. You know, I had a whole room. I cry every time I think about it. I had a whole room of doctors around me, and not one of them could hear me. And it was horrific. And so I know that people feel that way, and, um, I just, I tell everyone that messages me, I, I have hundreds of thousands of people reaching out to me and I'm not a doctor. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know what to say to them from a medical perspective, but what I can tell them from somebody who also has gone through it is that you're not alone and don't let anybody gaslight you. Don't let anybody make you feel like you don't matter or that you don't count because you do. And so just keep raising your voice and keep talking about it and don't be afraid. You have an entire community behind you. That's good advice. And speaking of not counting, I want to talk a little <laughs> bit about yeah. your, your interactions that you've had 
with the CDC regarding the VAERS database. And as many people know, this is where you can go, you know, VAERS.com to see the adverse reactions. Now, you were injured in uh, 2021, and we're now in end of February 2022, and all of the documentation from your hospitals, in conversations with Moderna, in conversations with the CDC multiple times, you said, I think, a half a dozen times. At least, yeah. They still haven't put your adverse reactions up on the VAERS website. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So you've already talked with Moderna and they've personally called in and talked with CDC as well as nurses as well? Yes. So my, my case has been reported by myself, the nurse, the head nurse, when I was on my fourth hospital stay after my Guillain-Barre and POTS diagnosis, um, the doctor and Moderna all have reported it to VAERS. But unfortunately, um, I discovered after speaking to VAERS more than half a dozen times, chasing them down, that they only have 50 people on the intake. So mm-hmm. between that and um, they, there's an entire process that they follow. They, they intake it with those 50 people that in their department. Then once they intake it, they gather all of the data. So all of the documents that I told you I've sent to them. Mm-hmm. I sent them my hospital names, my doctor names, their phone numbers, my documents. I actually went and got 1,500 pages of my documents mm-hmm. and sent it to them. Um, all of that, they say that they go through it. Once they go through it and they decide that they've gotten everything that they need, mm-hmm. they send it to their nursing department. Once it goes to their nursing department, the nursing department then goes through it with a fine-tooth comb to see if you were transferred by ambulance, to see if you went to another hospital, see if they're missing anything. At this point in time that we're still in this process, mm-hmm. I'm still not counted. If they don't have everything, it goes back to the department with only 50 people and millions of reports coming in, mm-hmm. and they go through the same process. I am still not out of that process. They are still telling me that they don't have all the data. One day I call and they say they have nothing. Another day I call, there's a new person assigned to me. Um, I was actually told just a couple weeks ago that they didn't even have my account and my my case assigned to somebody until September when of it, 2022 of 2021. Okay, um, for the first time. Okay, but the next time I called, there was nobody assigned to it. So at this point, I was told they don't even investigate. All they do is collect the information, mm-hmm. and then they give it to CDC with a big red bow on it. Once it goes to CDC, they then do the investigation where they deem if it's an appropriate and legitimate claim or not. Once they do that and they do their own investigation, that's when it is then counted as a legitimate adverse reaction to the vaccine. So at this given time, I do not count. Which is incredible because, Brittany, there's got to be thousands upon thousands of people just like you. So we know that the VAERS data isn't accurate. It's not timely, you know, um, at all. And and it's gonna take years before we figure out and get to the bottom of, of this whole mess that was coronavirus uh, vaccine injuries. But I wanna talk to you about the, the recent news that Moderna's own CEO started dumping stock. Did you hear that story? I did. I did. I mean, what does that say to you? Somebody who, you got the Moderna vaccine because you trusted it, now the own, the own CEO must not trust this company enough because he's going to go ahead and dump all of his stocks. I can tell you that when I called Moderna for the first time, I recorded it and mm-hmm. I, I didn't know if I was legally supposed to or allowed to, so mm-hmm. I have not released that. But when I get legal mm-hmm. representation, I will be able to know if that um, is allowed. 
but I will tell you that when I called them, they told me that they were receiving a ridiculous amount of calls and reports. And that was back in May of 2021. So I wasn't surprised that mm -hmm. he was dumping his stock. I dumped mine too, because mm -hmm. I had stock mm -hmm. <laughs> in um, Pfizer and Moderna. And that shouldn't be funny, but it is. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the ship is sinking and he knows it and they know it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's only a matter of time before there's too many of me and they, they can't ignore us anymore. Exactly right, and that's why I wanted to bring you on the show today to just, you know, really talk about that and to shine a spotlight on what you've had to deal with, and certainly we want we want justice to be done in this case. It's, it's absolutely horrendous what's been happening to people who, in good faith, and many people trusting what their doctors were saying. Um, any final points before we close up today that you'd like to share or say? You know, I just... I think that there are so many, um, you know, I can't say it enough, so many of me out there. I have had hundreds of thousands of people contact me and I am one person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I just think that before you judge somebody based on whether they get the vaccine or whether they don't, I think everybody is hurting. Mm -hmm. I think a lot more people are suffering than we know. I think a lot of people feel guilty for their decisions. I know I did. Mm -hmm. um, and I say just give a little more grace because we're human and right now there is a war out there yeah. and um, it's, it's emotional in my sense, you know, mm -hmm. spiritual and emotional. And I feel like these people, me, all of me mm -hmm. are just wanting to be heard. And if we don't hear each other, then we can't stand up together. We're not going to be heard by them. Well, and I mean, w you know, feeling so isolated and feeling like nobody can right. understand what we're possibly going through. Um, Brittany, you're so brave. Thank you so much for coming forward. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And um, we're going to we're gonna do everything we can to support you. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media and if they want to get connected with you. I'm on Instagram um, under Britt Galvin, B-R-I-T-G-A-L-V-I-N. So the at symbol Britt Galvin. It's the only place I am. Great. <laughs> Brittany, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time and for listening to Face the Facts right here on Real America's Voice. Or if you're listening on a podcast platform, thank you again. Please share this episode with at least three friends or family members today and help this show grow and expand. I also want to thank my incredible sponsors, holyhydrogen.com. Again, use my promo code April at the checkout. That'll save you $100 off of an at-home molecular hydrogen therapy system. And if you need anything for your home, towels, sheets, robes, moccasins, and so much more. Of course, we can't forget pillows and mattress toppers. Head over to MyPillow.com, use promo code April at the checkout, and you'll get up to 66% off. You'll also be supporting Made in America products, and putting our money back into this country is so important. Thanks again for being here. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time.